the Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VARFM 88.1 for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on uh, your favorite VARFM 88.1 broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bromfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Leo Mob Justice Gavaz and I'll be your host until about 8 p.m. tonight. Now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to unpack and keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now, for today's show, uh, we can't escape the effect, the impact um, that the coronavirus has had um, on South Africa and uh, the rest of the world. A lot of people um, haven't been going to work at the moment. The president issued a uh, travel ban earlier, uh, earlier in the week on Sunday last week. And we've actually had uh, quite a, quite quite a bit um, of uh, business closures, people working from home. So the coronavirus is shaking up businesses and consumer behavior on a global scale. Uh, both the public and private sector are scrambling to slow down the spread of the illness and contain the number of infections. Now, while the full economic impact of the virus is still unclear, we can already see some of the effects and challenges and the changes that the virus ca- has uh, already. Uh, come into across different industries, one of which is the change in consumer behavior in light of what's going on globally. What are some of the principles that should govern consumers in an event uh, such as uh, what we're going through right now? Is it a good idea to be stocking up on a year's supply of toilet paper, as we've seen from some of the videos online? Now, to help us um, navigate this topic, we're going to be talking to uh, Dashni Naidu, who is a program manager at FNB and Wendy Nola who is a consumer journalist about principles that consumers um, should be mindful of during the COVID-19 outbreak. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. We're also going to be getting into the business wrap. That's a part of the show. We'll give you a roundup of the week's um, top trending business economics news and uh, together with the Buffalo Index for your weekly roundup of um, your 100 Rand. So that's how the show is going to be looking like for today. It's all about the coronavirus. It's all about the COVID-19. So you remember that you can uh, get in touch with us. It is something that uh, has affected the Vitz campus, uh, so this part of the world. Um, let us know, you know, how you're dealing with uh, social distancing. Have you been isolating? Schools are out. People aren't going to work. How are you dealing with it? Um, on Vow FM, that's the voice of Vitz. You can find us uh, on Facebook. You can also find our other Facebook pages. Page that is the Fitz Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. And then you can also stream the station live on varfm.co.za. And remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz Show are available on vitz.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So that's how you can find us. We're also available on iono.fm. So that's how the show is looking like. We are live until 8 p.m. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Wrap with Sanele Kunene. It's time for us to get into the week's uh, top trending business and economics news. And right now we are joined on the line by a financial expert, Zanele Kunene, who is a financial advisor at BDO Wealth Advisors. Zanele, how are you? I am very anxious. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you isolating? Are you social distancing responsibly? Yes, I am. I am. I'm working remotely from home yeah. for now um, until we find out what's going to be happening. But I honestly believe that, that we need to support our medical staff as well yeah. by, you know, playing our part. Let's wash our hands. Let's, you know, social distancing. Let's do the right thing. Let us become a success story. You know, let's do that. Let us um, do but that. But uh, I guess in terms of the economy now, how, how is the virus hitting us? Yeah, I'm going to start with the RAND. Mm. Um, so RAND reached its lowest this past week. But I need to say this um, because I know that a lot of the media and headlines have been just, you know, promoting, not promoting, but just, you know, putting it out there, weak RAND, weak RAND. But we must understand that, you know, we entered 2020 not on the best of standings in terms of the RAND, you know, due to quite a lot of issues or domestic issues that we've been having. And when we look at the budget speech that we had at, uh, at the end of Feb, which didn't really touch upon, um, you know, our biggest issues, 
such as, you know, government debt um, or load shedding or the state of our state-owned entities. And also looking at the growth forecast that was given of 0.9%, which really doesn't match up to, or doesn't match up to the kind of job creation that we need because you're growth forecast tell gives you an indication of how much jobs can be created. So looking at all that information um, and also looking at uh, Moody, who's going to be rating us at the end of the month, um, we don't, we're not really starting off. The RAND hasn't really been at its best. So when we see this um, spike in the RAND, we must also understand that it's not just the coronavirus that's impacted it, but also our domestic issues. So with that being said, um, the RAND is now trading at 17 Rand 50 this past week. Yeah. Um, it was trading at 17 Rand 22 when I checked today. I'm not too sure why um, it went down to 17 Rand 22 cents. It's not a, a major decrease, but I'm not too sure what caused that movement. But what I do know is that what caused it to increase to such a height to 17 Rand 50 is because of the increase of the uh, cases of people who have been um, confirmed of having had a, a positive um Having uh, been said they, they have the virus, uh, the number of people infected having been increased is what has um, impacted the RAND in that light. A lot of economists are also saying that they're also foreseeing this negativity um, move on to the second, uh, the second uh, quarter of the year. So meaning that right now we are in a recession. So in the second quarter, it's most likely that we'll also be in a recession within the second quarter. And when we look at how investors are um, looking towards that uh, in terms of how our country is dealing with the virus, uh, they are also pulling away because it is quite risky to put money in an emerging emerging market. Um, So they're moving their funds to um, quite a lot of safe havens. We call them safe havens like your U.S. bonds and stuff stuff like that. And that whole entire sell-off, we see that reflecting on the JSC, which has experienced quite a lot of losses. And what we're seeing now in client meetings is a lot of clients saying, I want to put my money in cash. I want to, you know, I want to sell out. I don't want want to lose any more funds. But the same message we tell them, I'm going to say to all the listeners today, is that when you are investing, there is a business cycle. You know, there's a business cycle. There's an investment cycle that we go through, which it does go down. It does go up. And what we do know is that from previous um, uh, viruses, such as your SARS of 2003 and your swine flu of 2009, we've seen recover. You know, the, the markets do recover. Um, they do tend to recover. So don't panic too much, but do speak to your advisor in terms of, you know, what mechanisms or strategies you could look at. But don't be selling out and, you know, working on your emotions. Don't, you must never emotionally react to um, what happens in the market. I definitely but like just, that a lot. Mm, mm, good advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but just to touch on like businesses and productivity, I remember last year in a talk that Kevin Links, the chief economist of Sandler, um, stated that the the uh, that a lot of private companies or these big private companies have got a huge fixed deposit um, on their balance sheets, meaning that they are holding quite a lot of cash. Um, and the reason for that is the lack of business confidence. So that's why we haven't seen quite a, um, we haven't seen an expansion um, in terms of businesses, you know, um, you know, opening their doors, creating jobs and that alike. But that is going to be working to our benefit now um, with these businesses having such a huge um, uh, fixed deposit balance on their books. So I don't foresee quite a lot of job losses, um, but I'm not, not to say that there will not be job losses because the U.S. did state that they are experiencing um, quite a few job losses on their end due to the viruses, due, not the viruses, but due to the virus in itself. Um, but for me, my biggest concern now is the people uh, that are contract workers that don't get paid sick leave or, mm. you know, the hustlers out there yeah. and also people that don't have an emergency fund. And this is something that's very important. Before you start investing, you must build your emergency fund. And your emergency fund holds um, your household expenses that are worth at least four to six months. So then when these uncertain circumstances do happen, you've got a pocket to reach to. And 
to say that and just after to say the interest rates have been cut right after that, which is going to encourage consumption and encourage borrowing before you go and borrow from your uh, creditors and, and, and the like. First, review your financial standing. Try to be as resourceful as you can and also as flexible as you can in your budget before you go and take on credit to meet your current needs at this point in time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so the interest rates did cut by about 100 basis points. Oh, wait, be, before, we, before we continue, can we... I just yes. need to address this. 100 basis points. Like... Lesecha Kanyaba was not really known for doing things like this. Like, I feel like this is the finance equivalent of, oh, wow, like things are real right now. <laughs> they are. So we were expecting a 0.25, uh, not 0.25 basis points. This is so confusing. Yeah, 25 basis points. We were expecting that, um, just looking at our current financial standing, this was before, the whole, before Corona had hit us. But then a lot of economists have said we can get zero points. We're going to get uh, fifty basis points down. So I think that one, you know, the hundred basis points down is to mitigate the, the, the amount of damage that they are expecting to happen. That that is expected to happen. So it's just an extra um, safeguard, I believe. Mm. And then I think uh, my my last point for you is uh, you mentioned at the beginning that you, you've got the Moody's uh, ratings decision that is set to come in next week. Is it fair at this point for them to, because I think the consensus is that they are likely to downgrade us, but given everything that's going on around the world, you have central banks just pumping stimulus into their economies, our central bank doing its version of uh, stimulus by the, the, the interest rate cut, all of that stuff. Everyone is going through it at the moment. Is it really fair for them to cut us now? <laughs> it wouldn't be fair, but then at the same time, I think that we also have to prove um, to them that we are dealing with this matter in a way that will, you know, um, safeguard us. So I think that the stance that Ramaphosa took on, on Sunday evening, which is to, you know, put those regulations in place for each and every one of us in terms of how we're going to behave and interacting yeah. also shows, I think, will also show Moody that we are acting fast. We are, you know, taking hold of the situation. So I think they'll also look at that, um, you know, they'll look at that and be like, okay, they are doing something about it, but we still do have to tackle our other issues for them to actually maybe say, let's relook this in November or later on in the year. Okay, cool. So that's been us, Zanele Konene, saying that um, there's a lot that South Africa needs to address, uh, particularly uh, country issues, state-owned enterprises, ESCOM, load shedding, um, together with the coronavirus. So it might be, those are some of the factors that might actually lead us uh, into a downgrade next week when Moody's comes through with its uh, ratings decision, uh, despite coronavirus, which is affecting everyone. Uh, She was taking us through some of the impacts and just giving everyone some advice that you shouldn't be doing things emotionally, uh, particularly around uh, uh, your buying which is a topic we're going to be talking about for the rest of the show, uh, together with having enough savings and investments to actually weather um, some of these storms. Also talking about the impact on a lot of um, uh, what are called gig, uh, gig economy workers, hustlers, contractors, and the like, um, whose uh, livelihoods have been impacted, um, together with the rand, which took quite a knock, uh, this week, breaching that uh, 17 rand level. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we get into the Buffalo Index. The Buffalo Index on the business bus. It's time to get into the state of your 100 Rand in our Buffalo Index. That's a part of the show where we tell you what 100 Rand can do for you. And given the coronavirus, COVID-19 buying mania that's going on out there, we decided that we're going to look at uh, the prices of uh, two uh, products that seem to have gone out of stock or are being bought in droves. Uh, the first one is toilet paper. I think that's become um, the butt of many jokes, but it's, be, it's, been, uh, it's been quite an issue uh, because a lot of people are buying this thing around the world. This is not just a South African phenomenon. Um, and right now you can actually buy virgin white uh, one-ply 10-pack of uh, toilet paper for about uh, 38 rand, which means your 100 rand can get you uh, about uh, two and a half of those. And then uh, you can also to get uh 
big pack of around 48 um, two-ply wrapped toilet uh, two-ply wrapped toilet paper uh, that's from Kleenex uh, coming in for about three buffaloes that's 305 rand now the other uh, the other one is uh, Actually, uh, before I get into that, um, I actually went online and I said, okay, fine. How far does this thing actually go? And I actually found that you can get yourself Angel Soft 2-ply toilet paper, 48 double bath tissue. That's a pack of four with 12 rolls in each pack. That's going for 15,770 rand. That's for some toilet paper, right? So on average, um, if I do some quick maths, right, if you take that, uh, that 15,000, it means... Uh, that 15,000 and then you divide it by about uh, 48, it means that each roll is costing three buffaloes. That's 300 rand, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, so that's it on the, the toilet paper front. In terms of the other product, which has become um, quite popular and has sold out in a lot of sh- uh, a lot of stores, uh, that is hand sanitizer. Uh, Dental hand sanitizer at the moment is going for about uh, 23 rand 99, so that's 24 rand, which means your 100 rand can get you about uh, four of those. And uh, Lifebuoy, a total hand sanitizer, that's 100 90 mils uh, that's going for about 60 rand which means you could get uh, maybe one and a half of those for your 100 rand and then sorbet sorbet is coming in with its hand sanitizer uh, that's uh, going for about 15 rand uh, which means that for your buffalo you can get about six and a half of those so that's it in terms of the buffalo index these are some of the most bought items right now in this covid 19 crisis uh, that's your hand sanitizer that is your toilet paper on the other side of this we get into the main topic the buffalo index on the business bus Forget what the little buddy told you. Follow us, follow us, follow us at BoFM and join the conversation. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Remember that you can talk to us on social media on Facebook. We are VowFM. That's the voice of Vitz. You can also find our other Facebook page. That is Vitz Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VowFM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. So we're about to get into it. So we are talking about um, the COVID-19. That is the coronavirus, uh, which has many people you're staying at home. A lot of people social distancing and just some uh, up-to-date statistics right now now. Uh, there are 231,204 uh, confirmed coronavirus cases around the world and right now 9,390 people have unfortunately uh, lost their lives. Uh, but some good news is that 86,200 people have recovered so far. In South Africa I think the latest statistic I saw was at 116. I stand to be corrected and uh, no deaths on on that front so it's time for us uh, to get into the main topic now now uh I've actually been corrected right now that uh, the current statistic is uh, 150 uh, that's in South Africa right now. So right now we want to get into a discussion just around consumer spending. As you heard in the Buffalo Index, uh, people have been buying a lot of toilet paper. People have been buying a lot of um, a lot of hand sanitizers. I hear that uh, masks have also gone out of stock in a lot of discams around Johannesburg. And you see that thousands of consumers are countrywide have cleared shop uh, shop shelves uh, since Monday. Uh, that was the day after President Cyril Ramaphosa declared a national state of disaster because of the coronavirus, otherwise known as COVID-19. Now, with many uncanny purchases, such as uh, stocking up on dozens of toilet toilet paper rolls and many bottles of hand sanitizers, uh, that has been the result. It's no doubt that the speed uh, and the global spread of the coronavirus has brought about a huge shift in people's behavior with many resorting to bulk buying and even self-isolating so tonight we're going to be talking about the recent trends and changes in consumer behavior in light of the virus and we will look into some of the principles that should govern how people need to spend their money and also the measures that different
different sectors and organizations should or have put in place for consumers during this time of uncertainty. Now, to start things off, we're going to be talking about these principles around consumer spending during a disaster time. And to help us unpack this, we are joined by uh, Dashni Naidu, who is a program manager at FNB. Dashni, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you this evening? No, 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 I'm all right. We hope that uh, soft uh, uh, social distancing and uh, isolating is going well on your end. Yes, well, we, we, we're taking all of the steps and measures that we can take while at the same time trying to be productive and, and still contribute, making contributions to our economy. Um, but we do what we need to do under these very, very extraordinary circumstances that the world finds itself in at the moment. Extraordinary circumstances indeed. Now, for our listeners out there, what should be uh, the sensible response in terms of stocking up um, on food and supplies in light of, I guess, genuine fears that people actually have out there? And uh, especially given the lockdowns that the country has, has put into place, uh, the government and and not knowing whether or not 30 days will actually be 30 days or whether we might find ourselves in an extended period of social distancing. What, what, do, you say to, what do you say are some of the responsible ways or sensible ways that people should be responding? So, I mean, I think the difference um, between our situation at the moment and, and other countries like Italy is we don't have a complete lockdown, but we have restricted movement and government has obviously put in place various measures um, to try and limit social interaction, so the social distancing that you referred to. Um, and, and, and so the impact of that is that we will still have access to, um, to, to, to the shops and be able to purchase some essential items like food and things like that. I think the trick, though, is that a lot of us have not planned for this. No one saw this coming. Yeah. And, and so we need to understand, well, what, what is the impact then on our budget? So when we panic, you know, we make impulse purchases. Yes. And and so that can have an adverse effect on on our budget and and our cash flows for the month. Uh, we might, you know, for those of us that are fortunate enough to have emergency saving funds, we may be tapping into that. But I suspect for many South Africans, what we are doing is using money that we actually don't have. So the trick would be to calm down. Firstly plan. Think about what you need at least for about a two or three week period and plan what that expenditure looks like. Then look at your budget and understand then what you need to prioritize in that spending. And we also need to manage debt in all of this. The good news is that we've had an interest rate um, deduction by the South African Reserve Bank um, earlier today. Um, so for those of us that have personal loans or home loans and car financing, you know, that does give us some relief. But what it also means is that we can also maybe either pay off our debt quicker or redirect some of that money that we are now um, earning as a result of that uh, interest rate drop to savings. Um, we also need to be thinking about how we can use resources really, really sparingly. Um, what we mean by this uh, is that, you know, we, th- there's a lot of consumption that we're normally used to. And how do we now look at being a bit more prudent and disciplined about only using what it is that we need? Yeah. Um, you know, the world does find, we do find ourselves, like I said, in extraordinary circumstances. No one has planned for this. And so we really need to hunker down now and, and, and think differently about how we manage our finances. Now, I think we've all seen the videos on social media, people um, at the various stores, especially macro, uh, the lots of, lots of trolleys, you know, things like that. Are we in any way different from what you guys have observed? Have South Africans responded in any in any way that's different to the global trend uh, because i hear that in other parts of the world europe australia etc that people have been you know buying things as if they are trying to fund a, a bunker or something like that what have you guys seen on that end so i, I think what we're seeing you know reported in the media and, and, and anecdotally from what we can see happening in the stores is that people are um, panic buying um, and I think that's probably a natural response to the uncertainty of, of the situation that we find ourselves in. People are, are also probably seeing um, you know, what, what's happening as a result of lockdowns in other countries and are anticipating that maybe that might occur in South Africa as well and so they're trying to be prepared for that. 
Um, so I don't think we, we our reaction is any different to other parts of the world, um, but it, it might be it might be slightly premature, given that we're not yet and hopefully never will be in a lockdown phase. <laughs> uh, the other one I w- we're quite uh, interested to hear from you is, I can imagine that in somewhere, somewhere inside um, the consumers that are out there doing the panic buying, that there might be small businesses, for example, a one-man shop or a, or a, or a two-man operation that's thinking to themselves, "Am I going to uh, am I going to have stock in the next few weeks?" Um, do you th- is that something that uh, that you guys are also seeing on that end, or is it just strictly consumers panic buying at the moment? You know, at the moment, I think that what, four days since um, the president uh, declared a national disaster, and so I think what we'll see more of in the coming days is what the uh, both consumer and business uh, impacts are, as well as behaviour of small entrepreneurs. Um, I think in times like this, it's also important that we try and also support those small entrepreneurs to try and keep them afloat. You know, so that if there is a little one-man store. Um, you know, a grocery store in your in your in your in your area, or you know, other types of businesses, is to see how we can also try and help them keep afloat. I think those small businesses are probably um, like like the rest of of the economy at threat at the moment. Um, you know, the question is, how do we all help each other uh, weather through this, this period? Now, as is something that you mentioned at the beginning was just the fact that, you know, no one saw this thing coming. None of us were planning um, that coronavirus was going to take over our lives like this. As much as we had sort of been watching it for the last two months, we didn't anticipate it would get to this level. How would you sort of advise um, people, you know, financial and budgetary considerations um, just so that people are prepared for such uh, such events or such, uh, you know, such, ca- uh, not catastrophes, but just unforeseen circumstances in the future? Yeah. And I think the, the first part of, of what we need to do is we need to sit down and look at our finances and we need to look at it critically and quite discerningly in terms of, what is important, what is critical, and, and what is not. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then what falls into the what is not critical bucket, we need to then think, how are we going to use this? How do we push it towards savings? How do we try and, if we do have debt, we need to try and get rid of that debt as soon as possible. You know, long, long-term debt like home loans is a bit more difficult to do, but, you know, if you've got personal loans, Um, store credit, how do you try and reduce that debt as soon as possible? Because it seems like we're going to feel the knock-on effects of of coronavirus for a few months to come, and that's what the pundits are saying around the world. So we need to have a long-term view, which is why I'm saying we need to plan, reduce debt. We also need to start, if we haven't already, try to save. And and savings happens in two ways. Mm. Savings happens um, in terms of actual... um, you know, physically saving cash on a monthly basis. Yeah. Uh, but we can also make savings in terms of expenditure and redirecting expenditure. So cutting down on certain expenditure that, that we can categorize as non-essential. And that's where our ability to prioritize our expenditure becomes very important. And unfortunately, it does call for us to make some very hard decisions um, when we're prioritizing about what we need and what we don't need. Um, and, and it brings us back to that very core and basic principle of deciding what is a need at this point in our lives and what is a want. Um, you know, we, we, we have to be, these times do call for us to be incredibly disciplined um, and incredibly um, calculating about how we're going to spend our money. The trick is we need to try and make our money stretch. Yeah. And we need to save. We need to be saving as much as much as we can. Um, in terms of the planning, uh, because you also mentioned that uh, that issue of just making sure that people are reducing debt and stuff like that. I can imagine that in a situation where consumers are panicked like this, there might be a temptation um, to get into to get some type of short short term credit because, unfortunately, this crisis came sort of 
in the middle of the month when a lot of people um, aren't necessarily liquid. Do you, is that uh, something that has presented itself as a as a danger? Do you think that's an actual risk that people might find themselves taking out personal loans to be buying um, groceries, toilet paper, and and the such? Yes. So let's you know just to put this into perspective. Prior to this crisis coming to the fore in, in South Africa, yeah. um, South Africans have, you know, are generally over-indebted. And we do find that, you know, a large proportion of South Africans who, who do access short-term and personal loans, it's for, it's for monthly living expenses um, because they are overextended. So I suspect that that behavior will continue. The difference, though, is, is that these are incredibly uncertain times. And so we need to try and reduce the use of short-term credit for living expenses. Also, we need to try and curb the panic buying um, and think about also what do we need? You know, what do we need for the next two weeks? What do we need for the next three weeks at the most? We don't need to be buying for months and months in advance and years in advance. You know, the president himself has said one of the good things about South Africa is that we manufacture a lot of our own food. And so, you know, um, our chances of us running out of food in the short term um, due to lack of production is minimal at this stage. So I think it's incredibly important that we, we don't panic just yet um, and, and we try and curb the spending um, on, on those items. And also when, in terms of essential, you know, the buying that we're buying, you know, or stocking up for the next two weeks, let's make sure that it is essential, you know, and we're not um, buying more than we, we necessarily need because that can also get us into financial trouble, especially if it's, like you said, it's mid-month. A lot of South Africans don't have cash to be stocking up on food. Um, and so we need to therefore um, really be careful about how we're spending. Be careful about how you spend. Make sure that you're saving money and don't be uh, too afraid to make the hard decisions. Uh, that was us with Dashni Naidu, who is a program manager at FNB, giving us some consumer advice and telling us about some of the trends that they have observed um, around consumer spending around this coronavirus time. She's also talking about the fact that this time, this thing came unplanned and just saying that in future, um, it underscores the fact that people need to have savings. People need to have uh, something just uh, tucked away uh, for these unforeseen circumstances because uh, such is the nature of life. It might not be coronavirus, uh, but in life, things will tend to go um, in another direction. So that's been it in terms of uh, this part of the interview. Um, On the other side of this, we are going to be getting uh, more into this consumer discussion uh, with Wendy Nola, who is a consumer journalist, uh, just telling us a little bit about um, what's going on on that end. Now, one of the things before we go to a break that's actually uh, been quite fascinating for me about the coronavirus and its effect is that there seems to be a universal um, sort of call to action, universal call to arms, a universal impact or a universal um, story with which uh, people are identifying themselves right now because it's not only in South Africa that some people aren't going to work. Um, I can speak for myself that my sister um, actually lives in Canada and it's the same for her like we on both both of us stopped going to work at office on the same day and you have that that shared experience across um, across countries where everyone is declaring states of emergencies uh, states of national disasters um, the market reaction is the same across the world there isn't a a place or a country where we can truly say that things are safe, the markets are safe, businesses are going on as normal or that is completely untouched by coronavirus. So on the other side of this, we're going to be continuing our consumer discussion. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. You're tuned in to The Business Buzz. We are continuing with our discussion around the coronavirus. Keep in touch with us. Talk to us. What are you thinking? How is uh, the social distancing? Are you isolating yourselves? Are you staying safe? And are you one of these people that is buying mountains of toilet paper? On VAWFM, you can find us. That's VAWFM or Voice of Vits on Facebook. You can also find our other page. That is the Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VAWFM. And then our other page, uh, you can also find us at hashtag business buzz. 
To continue the conversation, we are joined uh, by Wendy Nola, who some consider to be uh, the most experienced consumer journalist in South Africa, um, just to talk about some of the impacts on consumer buying power of the coronavirus. Wendy, how are you? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, 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 we can hear you. (laughs) <laughs> I was just hardly putting my earphones in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess before we begin, how how has how have has the experience been for you? Social distancing, perhaps. Um, I don't know whether you're working from home. How, how what have you been um, oh, up to over the last few days? That's an interesting question. So most of the time, I'm sort of semi working from home. I work from home three days a week, and then on a Wednesday and a Thursday, I have four radio shows, and so I tend to go into the studio, um, which I did. One of them asked me to, um, the, the money show with Bruce Whitfield, I chatted to him from home, and I'm going to have to now download, download Zoom, which is apparently better than Skype, just for the audio in future. Um, I'm thinking from next week, there will be no going in, which does affect the quality of the sound, you know, when you're on air for an hour. Um, being on a phone line is not ideal, but hey, these are unusual times, and <laughs> and we have to we have to walk our talk. So to protect ourselves and everybody else, um, from next week, I'm going to be um, broadcasting remotely. Oh wow, that's actually quite yeah. a change. Now, yeah. we, have you or were you surprised by uh, the buying patterns, the videos that showed up on social media, people buying um, in bulk from places like Macro in the middle of the day on a Tuesday? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How this crazy week. is that? Yes. Um, yes and no. So obviously I attract consumer trends everywhere, whatever's causing them. Corona is uh, COVID-19 is something... We haven't, the last of which I've been never seen. I've been a consumer journalist for, for nearly 22 years now. Um, so, yeah. Um, but so we're looking and we're laughing at the Australians, right? Those videos of people fighting in the stores over the bumper packs of, of toilet rolls. And I must admit, at that time, it never occurred to me that it would happen here. I thought, you know, we... Exactly two weeks ago, just before I went off an air with Azania on 702, we had our, like literally minutes before, we had our first case. That was two weeks ago. Now we're on 150. So two weeks ago, I wasn't thinking we were going to have 150 cases, but I knew, you know, we were going to, we were going to have cases. Yeah. Somehow, if you told me toilet paper would have been the answer to a flooding over, I, w- I wouldn't have called it. But it shows you, it's, it's a human psychology, so it's, it's FOMO and fear together. Yeah. So when you see people panic buying toilet paper, you think, oh my goodness, okay, but oh, there, I never thought I'm, this was the product that I must have at all costs, but um, everybody else seems to think so, so best I get some for myself. And that's how we end up with empty shelves. Um, with that in particular, I think a hand sanitizer and the dettles and all that kind of thing is an obvious thing to sell out. But the toilet paper, um, I think, was just sheepable FOMO. Clearly, that. I mean, if you're going to be forced to stay at home for weeks, there are all sorts of things you're going to run over, run out of. Rather. Why you must go completely berserk for toilet rolls doesn't make sense to me at all. So, with all of that in mind, what are some of the ways in which, I guess, these closures and the quarantine are are likely to impact on consumer buying power? And, I guess, the ability of people to pay their debts uh, going forward? Yeah, so, I think it's only the relatively rich of this country who could afford to panic by in the middle of the month, right? Yeah. Um, So, it's quite interesting speaking to the MassMart spokesman a couple of days ago about the fact that, you know, they, like other supermarkets, a little bit too late, mind you, started limiting um, the items per person. And they felt that they really needed to protect vulnerable consumers who could only really buy properly at the end of the month when they get paid. So their focus shifted then to making sure that the essentials were going to be in store at the end of the month when people's salaries drop, wages or whatever. Um, So I'm I'm not sure to the the extent to which panic buying 
in itself is going to lead to consumers not being able to pay their debts. Because I think it was the rich who were doing that. I mean, I saw someone running up a 2,000 rand <laughs> pharmacy bill buying, yeah. you know, every, you know, as if she was going to be living in a cave for the next six months. So, so I think the problem is really what I'm starting to see and hear is uh, people losing their income unexpectedly. So yeah. anyone connected to um, to groups, really, to conferences, to festivals, to you know, um, um, restaurants, performing in restaurants, working in restaurants, musicians, um, people who um, do marketing for conferences that aren't happening anymore, the travel industry, um, those people are really and people imagine if you if you you make your income from renting properties and suddenly your tenants are not are going to lose the ability to pay yeah um so so it's it's actually that it's the it's the impact of of um loss of income really that 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 truly frightens me i mean we we haven't had any deaths yet and, and unfortunately it's inevitable that we will have some um but but it's the it's the economic um, impact. It's the e- e- economic deaths that are going to happen. Um, that, that you know, down the line, that that really, literally, keeps me up at night. Now, before we spoke to you, we were talking to uh, Dashni Naidu from FNB, uh, from FNB and okay. I'd like to ask you uh, a question that we posed to her, um, just around: Do you think? whatever panic buying uh, one the panic buying that's happening and two um all those people that you've just mentioned the long list of people who um have lost income lost business um at this time are we likely to see an increase in people looking for i guess short-term debt uh, or short-term loans just to get by um in the next couple of weeks yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, um, they're all going to start looking to friends and family and, all, you know, all those sort of things first. And then they might look for loans. What I would suggest is, I mean, I've spoken to all the banks on the record, off the record. And um, never since the um, financial crisis of 2008 have they been gearing themselves up, and this is going to be much worse, for having to deal with mass defaults. And they are really, really applying their minds now um, and have been for the last couple of weeks to what sort of assistance they're going to offer and appealing to people with car car repayments and mortgages to come to them first and say, what can, what can you do for me? Can you lengthen my, my terms so that my repayment reduces? What can we do here? The banks don't want to sit, want, don't want to be left with a whole lot of... Um, homes and cars that they've um, you know had to now take back from people and auction and it, that, that doesn't um, that doesn't work well for the banks either it's expensive and it's awkward and whatever so I think I'd like to think before people start going and looking for loans in all the wrong places yeah. that they start talking to their creditors their banks and the the other people that they that they have debit orders with that they now in danger of, of of not being able to meet. I think that that would be my advice is to just be upfront and honest. There's, there's no shame in this. This thing came out of nowhere, and and we're all victims to a greater or lesser extent of it. Now, to aid some of the economic death that you referred to earlier on, I know very dramatic, <laughs> but I mean it feels like that to me. Do you think? South Africa or the government or the powers that be should take the same type of decisive action that other countries have taken in terms of um, suspending taxes, suspending things like rent, um, stuff like that. Is that something that would be feasible, I guess, at least in the short term? I think that can only really happen with government help. So, I mean, if you have, if, if, if you're expecting someone to not accept rent, I mean, most people that rent properties, do it as a form of income, and they have bonds to pay to the bank. So it's not going to help if the the landlord, out of the goodness of their heart, says, I can see you've lost income, it's not your fault, so like, I'll just freeze your, your rent for the next three months, don't worry about it. What happens to their ability to then pay their bond? 
in some cases, I'm hoping those that are in a, in a position to do it will do it. Yeah. Just as, as they should be, if, you, if they're wealthy enough to have domestic help, that they say to the domestic worker, you know, it's not safe for you or me, especially not you as public transport, stay home until I tell you to come back and I'll pay you in full. I've been hearing horror stories where they've just said, go home and you're not being paid, but that's another story. Um, so, yeah, um, um, if, in order for for that sort of logic, that sort of don't pay your rent to happen, we need to have the banks to come on board and say, all right, then we'll give you this, a similar luck with your, luck's the wrong word, similar um, flexibility with um, your bond repayments. Um, but then where, and then where does it stop? So then where do the banks look? I mean, in America, Trump is now interestingly calling himself the wartime president, as he would. <laughs> um, he's, you know, they've enforced this thing where the government through their, through their laws can say to the private sector, you will um, put a moratorium on you know, um, rents and um, bond repayment and, and, and for the next four months. But there's been no such thing that's happened in this country. You know, France, it's happened, it's happened in Italy where the Banking Association has come out and said, you know, um, there will be this freeze. Um, I spoke to the Banking Association of South Africa and they're like, yes, we know we need to say something urgently, but we, we have to be very careful and, and, and so we're not saying anything just yet. No, 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 no. Just it, it, it's a mess, and I can imagine why they don't want to um, say anything. Probably that seems alarmist at this point. So for the week, I know it's just been a few days. It's Thursday now. The announcement was made on Sunday by the president. Apart from toilet paper, because you said you didn't expect toilet paper would be that one thing that people are fighting over. What other interesting buying buying patterns have you observed in the last few days? Well, the thing that came to mind immediately as you asked that question was my children are, are older. They're both um, students, tertiary. Um, so I didn't think of this. But I've heard stories of people fighting over cans of baby formula and nappies. Oh, wow. Because I can imagine if you have an infant, um, you maybe after your toilet roll, fetish, <laughs> you might think, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you know, best I'll be able to feed my my child, uh, my baby, um, if they're not breastfeeding. So I've literally heard of, of mothers scrapping over um, tins of formula in shops. Um, of course, we've, what, what also, I, I, I predicted this straight away, um, um, online shopping, grocery shopping in particular. Yeah. Um, and I think they weren't ready for that. The Woolworths, the Dick and Pay, and in some areas um, of Joburg and Cape Town, checkers so people were like oh bonus now we can order bumper packs of toilet rolls we don't have to be embarrassed in the store like we don't have to look like hoarders we just order it online and so that's what was happening it was delivered to them and then the on the online guys were like okay maybe we should now limit the amount um and the number of items you can buy and the number the the count per item so they did that but i think they were quite late to that that party. So I suppose, yes, to answer your original question, um, it was, I, I just hadn't realized that this was happening with, with baby stuff because I'm not in that phase anymore. But, you know, I think a real problem for those people who who suddenly had to find themselves going store after store. And of course, that's the unfortunate thing about this whole panic buying thing. It's so, this is a time that calls for community, for kindness, for Ubuntu more than ever, right? And, and so you, you, you buy three packs of toilet paper and you clear the shelf of tinned goods and whatever it is, veggies, meat. And now that person that needs to go and buy has to get back in the car, back in the taxi and go to the second or third supermarket to try and find and potentially then exposing themselves to infection and if they are infected, unwittingly exposing a whole lot of other people along the way to infection. It's just... It's just a really, really bad, unfortunate um, um, result, I suppose, of of suddenly being flung into the situation where we all fear that we will be in lockdown, as many other countries are, and and have to, you know, survive on what we've happened to have hoarded into our own homes um, at the time. 
be kind and be considerate with the type of goods that you have and the type of goods that you're buying leave some for others that is the message from wendy nola who is a consumer journalist just giving us some trends uh, something that surprised her is the fact that uh, people were fighting over baby formula in shops uh, she mentioned the fact that she wasn't ready for people fighting over toilet paper um, just two weeks ago before the first case landed in south africa and she's also talking about the fact that short-term lending short-term borrowing might is a risk uh, that south africa's that south africans sorry might fall into and people should just be wise about where and where they do not um, get their lending and their money from so that's been it in terms of uh, this part of the show we're just going to take a quick break we'll be back on the other side of this the, the business buzz the coronavirus is the one thing that a lot of economists, a lot of traders, the market just did not anticipate. I was talking to a currency trader based in London who looks at the rand a few weeks ago, and they thought that the rand would actually firm up and get stronger by the end of this year, touching um, one rand, uh, one dollar, sorry, to thirteen rand uh, by the end of this year. But the coronavirus has completely taken everything, all the more models or the financial modeling that was done goes out the window when the rand is now trading at uh, 17 rand to the dollar and the other thing about uh, the coronavirus as i mentioned earlier on is just been the shared experience around the world this is different from ebola where it happened um, and a lot of the infection was restricted to um, west africa for example and a couple of places around the world this is one thing where around the world business Businesses, are, businesses have shut down, Business people aren't going to work, schools have closed, and it's not something that's South African, it's not something that's African, it's not something that's European, it's not something that's um, American, it's something that's happening all over. And one of the things that really strikes me is just the uncertainty that comes of this but going forward one of the things that i'm interested to see is the response from um, employers because after this a lot of employers might actually start saying oh, bums on seats or people actually coming to work is actually not necessary because um, they've actually been forced to have people working remotely. Um, is that going to affect the way that people make up the workplace um, in the future going forward because of this, uh, this crisis time? Um, only time will tell. Now you can tell us some of your thoughts on social media. On Facebook we have VARFM, that's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page that is is the Vitz Radio Academy. And then you can also find us on Twitter. We're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Iono.fm, that's where you can find our podcasts and all our links, you can find them there. And then remember that you can also find podcasts of the Business Buzz Show also available on vitz.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So with that, we've come to the end of tonight's show. We hope that... Um, Everyone is social distancing responsibly and uh, isolating themselves, making sure that they check on each other electronically and just making sure they stay safe. Thank you so much to our technical producer, that is uh, Kutluan Userame, uh, for coming through to the studio uh, and being uh, being with us right now. And uh, together with our executive producer, uh, Glory Mabuza, who is uh, working remotely right now. Thank you. Uh, that's it for today's show. Don't miss the business by same time same place next week for more insight into the world of business next up on the vow fm lineup um uh, we usually have living electro but uh, that's not going to be the case for tonight so with that we've come to the end of the show so for myself Leo mob justice of gaza and the rest of the team it is good evening uh and could take care from the rest of the team mob justice on the business bars the Business Buzz Podcast.